You're listening to Nova Southeastern University's Radio X 88.5 FM WKPX Sunrise, whose business phone number is 754-322-1721. Welcome to Radio X's Information Exchange, a show that offers diverse programming and features the views and opinions of both students and experts. On Information Exchange, we cover it all, from local bands to hot political topics, from community events to pressing social issues. We would like to remind our audience that the views expressed on the Information Exchange do not necessarily reflect the views of Radio X, Nova Southeastern University, or the School Board of Broward County. Hello and welcome to today's program on the Information Exchange. I am your host, Camille. A theater is a place that is the setting for dramatic events, and the Promethean Theater is one who boldly creative or defiantly original in behavior or actions. With that said, I would like to welcome the director, marketing director, <laughs> Beth McIntosh, and also our resident director of the Promethean Theater, Margaret M. Ledford. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Nova Southeastern University. Thank you very much. Glad to be back. <laughs> we love it here. <laughs> so the Promethean Theater is a professional nonprofit company that seeks daringly creative and original approaches to classical pieces. Their current show, The Exonerated by Jessica Blank and Eric Jensen, which takes place from May 7th at the Mailman Auditorium on Nova Southeastern University's campus. So let me begin by asking you to tell our listeners a little bit about The Exonerated, either one of you. Well, The Exonerated, it's a one-time event that we're doing. It's not a fully staged production, mm -hmm. as have been all the productions we've done here at, on Nova so far. Um, it's a staged reading, and it's an event that's done um, as part of the 2007 South Florida Theater Festival. And all the theaters in South, Fest in South Florida are doing readings, free readings for the public um, throughout the festival. And okay. this is our event. And we're doing a reading of The Exonerated, followed by a talk back, and then there'll be a free reception after that with food and beverages. And um, we're really excited uh, not only to do this piece of theater, which Mar I'll let Margaret tell you a little bit about why it's important mm -hmm. thematically for us, but um, in addition, the talk back, which is when the audience gets to sit and ask questions of the actors, the directors, and other people involved with the process on anything from the play, themes in the play, to the theater company, so you kind of get to have feedback with the actual actors themselves. Um, but the woman who's going to be leading that talk back is the co-director of the Florida Innocence Project. Right. And um, in addition to that, the Florida Innocence Project is bringing in a special guest for us to have at the talk back, Alan Kreutzer, who um, some of you may remember reading about recently because in January of this year, he was exonerated up in Tampa uh, after spending 24 years in prison for a crime that he did not commit. And um, all of the stories in the play, The Exonerated, are true stories about six people who served on death row for crimes they did not commit and were then exonerated. So to have Alan here to get to bring his personal experiences after seeing and hearing the experiences in The Exonerated is just uh, a thrill for us and I think for the audiences of South Florida. Well, just for our listening audience, let's just, The Exonerated. Exonerated in the dictionary means... Can anyone um, well, define it? Well, in the it? dictionary it says it's to be proclaimed innocent after having been convicted of a crime. Right. Right. But what the this play examines is uh, what effect does that have on a person, a soul, a life, after you've had your freedom just ripped away from you and you've been put in prison and 
told you're going to die at some point. I mean, some people served a few years, some people served half of their life in prison on death row, waiting to die for a crime that they knew that they did not commit. How does wow. that affect you while you're in prison? And then once you get out, how do you reacclimate back into society, back make life for yourself and um, the the exonerated tells those stories of how they were put in in the first place what they did while they were in prison and and how they now feel about life once they've uh, been set free and surprisingly the story isn't a dark and depressing one it's a story of hope it really is a story about life and hope and Margaret yeah absolutely it follows <clears throat> follows about five I think six. five or six uh, one woman uh, would, yes, one woman, uh, people that have been put in prison uh, from one is an African-American man who left the state of Florida on the day that an African-American man w uh, killed someone. And just because he was African-American crossing the state border, he got arrested. Wow. And uh, one guy was arrested when he was 19 and didn't get out until he was 40, in his 40s. A lot of these were before DNA evidence right. came into play, and that's what helped a lot of them get exonerated. Mm -hmm. Right. And this one guy, he's described in the script as uh, a 19-year-old in a 40-year-old's body because he never got those experiences mm -hmm. from 19 to 40 in the normal social setting. Right. He got him in prison. So he never really had a chance to mature. He never really had a chance to grow. Um it's it's an incredible incredible story and like Beth said it's 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 not one of uh, oh despair oh how horrible look what society right. has done right. to us but in, instead it's it is about hope that that these are possible and most of the times when this reading is done uh, whether it be in a full form play version or in a reading it is most likely it is usually accompanied with. Um, uh, get rid of the death penalty, you know, with that kind of, it's that political mm -hmm. kind of statement because people are accused wrongly. Yeah. It's not something that's just a fluke. It's not something that, that doesn't happen. It does happen. Uh, people are accused of crimes, <clears throat> pardon me, that they didn't commit. They are convicted of them and they are put away for many, many, many years. The woman whose story is told in this, it's five men and one woman who um, was put on death row and then later exonerated. Um, some people might remember her story because her, she and her husband were both sent to die and put on death row uh, for a crime that they did not, they were in the car with the gentleman who killed the police officers, but neither one of them had the gun or were involved in it. And, and he <laughs> was the one, they, they uh, executed her husband and in Florida oh the term um, Spar Old Sparky for the death chair uh, was formed because her husband was the one that it took three tries and 13 minutes and flames shot out of his head when he was executed and he was then later when she was convicted, I mean exonerated, he was also but he had already been killed by the state of Florida. And she was exonerated in 1980 something I think and she was put in 70, uh, 1973. Two years after the guy who did it confessed and in the 70s, he confessed, written confession that he did it, and she was not let go for 20, almost like 15 or 10, 20 years later. And her husband was killed. Mm -hmm. They That's had evidence. They had, they had the guy confessing to it, and he was never charged. That that leads us to ask questions about our government, our government system. <laughs> Hard you know. to admit it's wrong, you know. Right. What, what the Who's at fault here? That's what we, you know... Well, with, you know, with the advent, uh, I say advent, with the advancement of, of science and DNA evidence and mm -hmm. things, we're, you know, that is making, um, 
things much easier and places you know it places you or if you if it is you who committed the crime there however uh, it's it really deals with people's prejudices you know it really is dealing with someone wanting to pay you know wanting wanting, wanting someone to pay to pay and here's the closest thing and it's the easiest and it, you know um, there's a there's a laziness can be perceived laziness. I'm not saying that all cops are lazy because they're not. There's some. Mm-hmm. They're probably mostly. Uh, there are people who want to do their jobs and do them well, but there are also those who just want to sweep it under the carpet. There are those who want to just get it finished and done. Um, and you know, we're people. You know, we're not just a job. Right. But that's what's interesting about the the script itself, the exonerated. Which not only is it true stories of these six people that the playwrights wrote it from interviews, um, and every word, with the a few exceptions of a word here or there, was e- that's spoken in the play either comes from pe- public record, legal documents, or court transcripts, or interviews directly with the exonerated. So what's interesting about all their stories is there isn't one through line. It isn't that um, all these men were African-American and all white juries convicted them, and then they were later exonerated. The woman is a white, hippie, young mother, mm-hmm. and there's a there's a, a older Caucasian who was convicted of killing his parents, and it, and, and he was, through the, Different the interrogation people. process, he kind of went crazy and gave a, a statement that wasn't then true because of the process that they went through in interrogating. Well, the process that, that is explained in the play is that they kept saying to him, they kept feeding him, okay, so... You were in the room, and then your parent did this, and what made you mad? And, and How would then, you have done it if you would have killed your and father? That's, and they started doing these if-then statements, and he was like, well, I guess if I had done it, I, I would have done this. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you lo- drop your when you right, like when you lose your cell phone, and you call the insurance company and say, "I've lost my cell phone," and they say, "Well, if you dropped it, when would you have dropped it?" Well, it may have fell out of my purse, but you know, that, you, that right, right. right. They said, right. Well, "You're going to do a mission statement now. It's just going to be a mission." So there's all these different. You know, and no one knows under those circumstances what you would be going through, whether it was, you know, being accused of a crime or your parents had both just, you right. found them murdered. So all these scenarios and the situations are all vastly different and everyone's opinions of while they were in prison and what happened once they got out are different. So it's really across the board of how many different ways some of these injustices can happen and what we can do now to, you know, to try and help them with groups like the Florida Innocence Project and the Innocence Project. And even today, men like Alan Kroetzer, 24 years later, which is over half of his life, Mm -hmm, being set free and here to help tell his story. And now, and also I know uh, he wants to, I think they're focusing on um, getting uh, compensation, which isn't right now granted in the state of Florida for when you've been put away for 24 years and then set free. It's kind of like, sorry, well, good luck now. Yeah. Those 24 years you didn't earn any money, you still didn't earn any money. You so what do you do after? What, you know, well, is it up to the state to pay them for those 24 years lost? Or That's some of the things that um, I, I know the woman, the co-founder of the Florida Innocence Project, hopes is brought up in the discussion at the talk back because okay. I know she has strong opinions about it as does Alan as do you know a lot of people probably in the audience and to get discussions like this going is one of the reasons uh, I think and Margaret can also talk about thematically why a play like this is important to do for you know for a theater company well it's important as a human being you know mm-hmm. first and foremost uh, to, to stick to the truth and for a, uh, for us as a company to be uh, with that with this piece associated with this piece which has a wonderful history of many actors doing it, you know, Susan Sarandon and um, 
doing it for again for those same purposes of, of awareness right um, it's so important for us to be out there as we as a theater company, we try to make people aware of, I'm a human being, are you a human being, and, and did you experience this, I experienced this, right. and here is a, a something that we don't all necessarily get in our own personal sphere, but it's out there, and it needs to be talked about, and it needs to be addressed, because these are people whose lives are being taken away from them unjustly. Now, our, our Nova Southeastern University's theme of the year is identity. How does this, this play, you know, work with identity how does this theme for the college year deal with identity well it's uh, there's one guy in the play and i can't remember the character's name right off the top of my head and or the actual person's name who after he is uh comes out of prison he immediately goes home after work every day and locks his door because that's what happened at prison when they were done out in the out in the yard or or whatever they were doing mm-hmm. put back in the room and lock the door and he locks himself in every day and it's yeah. trying to find your identity again because you lose it when you go away to prison. You become a number. You're not an individual. You don't have a uh, purpose. And especially if you're on d- death row, there are no such things as dreams and future. It's it's counting down days or doing appeals, but you really lose any form of identity. Your fa- you know your family, everything that defined who you were before that moment is right. gone. And then all of a sudden, it's put back again. And so how do you find figure out who you are now that you've spent that much time away from? who you were and and the world has changed in five years 10 years 20 years 30 years however much time these people spent away and and outside of it and your relationships have changed right you're no longer in contact you're no longer in close contact with your mother your brother your father your sister your lover alan kreutzer who will be here his mother died while he was in prison for 24 years and how do you come to terms with that that you you weren't there it wasn't your fault and and he he lost his mother and she's you know she died knowing that her son was in jail and Mm -hmm. thinking that he committed this crime or at least or never knowing if he was ever going to be set, right. free, set free again. And um, speaking of what she said about bringing in people like Susan Sarandon and Richard Dreyfus who've done this play, one of the reasons uh, I know Deborah and myself picked this as a reading, a lot of times readings are done when a brand new play that's never been done so that the playwright can get feedback from the audience. And that's a great way um, to, to get interaction and, and feedback on a play. But a play, because a lot of times it's hard to stage a play that has a lot of um, big fight scenes or set changes and things going on. And to get the full experience of it sitting in an audience and watching people either standing or sitting on stage reading from a script. But when this play was done, fully produced in New York and Los Angeles, it was done sitting in chairs with scripts in hands and rotating in and out celebrity cast because the most important thing in the script is the words and the right. stories of these people. So anyone that comes to this, you will get the full experience of uh, this piece and this play as it was done anywhere else across the country. And the reading is just as powerful. Mm-hmm. And the cast that we have for this play is a dream cast that maybe in about 20 years we'd be able to afford <laughs> doing a full <laughs> production. But they're all most, I think, nine of the 10 of them are equity members. And you've seen them all over Florida and across the in New York and everywhere else performing. And and um, to watch them participate in a play that says as much as this does um, is really an honor, an honor for us. And it's free. It's free to the public. It's free for Nova students. And not only do you get to walk away from a play talking about it with your friends, which, of course, we always hope you do, but you get to then, right there in the moment, ask questions of the people on stage. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Yeah. Because it does have a talk-back session. Yes, yes. there'll be a talk-back afterwards, and then from there, we'll go over to a reception, some food, some desserts, some drinks. So there's free food. Free food, <laughs> free drinks. Definitely a big thing. You know, uh, we're also, um, we... 
we're not asking, so to speak, like, please, 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 but we are, uh, if anyone wants to donate uh, to Alan, um, uh, Alan's having a hard time getting back on his feet because, of course, his 24 years have been gone. He has had no earning during that time. Um, so if anyone wants to... To find out how they... Deborah's doing this personally because right. it's not something that we, we are doing for this reading because of the context of the, uh, the uh, equity contract that we're under. But um, Deborah Sherman, who's the producing artistic director of the Promethean Theater, personally is um, taking up a collection. And we're, we're all giving... And this is, for, this is for Alan Kroetzer. Alan, who will be there. Yes, Alan Kroetzer. And he, he's an exoneree who's yes, just been, been released. Four years. It was released in January. And he's now... And they'll talk about it at the talk back, but trying to um, petition and, and get a bill sent through so that they can get compensation when they've been exonerated of a crime because uh, not you only... start do, from nothing. And he hasn't, right. you know, when it's been, you know, he was, I don't know, either late teens or very early 20s when he was, you know, and now he's in his 40s and, you know, it's what hard. do you do? How do you make a living? How do you mm -hmm. support yourself without then going into a crime, you know? so Without an education. Without because an education. You, did, you, didn't you, you couldn't chance. go through college. Right. You didn't get a chance to start a career. You didn't mm -hmm. get a chance to get a, a job. I mean, even learning to be a mechanic. You right. know, you didn't right. get, and, and then you didn't have, you, then there's 24 years of absence to give skills. Right. And just to let you know, um, the reading is free and there is there are no reservations, which means that, um, God willing, we fill up the entire uh, auditorium of 120 seats. Um, it'll be first come, first serve to pick your seat. We'll open the house at 7 o'clock. The reading mm -hmm. will begin at 7.30. There'll be food out, you know, little snacks out. You can starting at 7, and there'll be hopefully some music and um, slideshow presentation in the theater. So you can get into the theater at 7 to get a seat to make sure you get a seat. Right. We're not doing reservations of any kind because no. it's a one-night event for this. You are currently listening to The Information Exchange every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Nova Southeastern University's 88.5 FM.